Girlfriends, episode number 340, The Joys of Reading Aloud with Sarah McKenzie. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance and joy in family living. This week, my special guest is podcaster and new children's book author, Sarah McKenzie from Read Aloud Revival. You're going to love this conversation. Let's get going. girlfriend. So glad you are here. Thanks for joining me here on today's show. I can't wait to share my conversation with Sarah McKenzie with you. But first, I want to remind you to subscribe to the show notes for the Girlfriends Podcast. We need to stay connected. You're going to want all the links to all the good things that Sarah has going on. The easiest way to do that is to subscribe to the show notes. And the easiest way to subscribe is to text the word girlfriends to 33777 or go to ascensionpress.com slash girlfriends. And a special bonus for everyone who subscribes to the show notes is that every week in the show notes, I am sharing a link to a song. And it's sometimes linked to the theme of the podcast episode, but not always. And I'm just going to be sharing some of the good stuff that I'm enjoying through music. And you know, I hope that my sharing a song each week is going to inspire you to begin to share with me some of the music that you're enjoying listening to, or that's encouraging or inspiring you these days. I look forward to connecting with you in this new way. But the way that you get connected is to subscribe. So again, text the word girlfriends to 33777 or go to ascensionpress.com slash girlfriends. Many of you are going to be familiar with today's guest, Sarah McKenzie. She is an amazing homeschooling mom who's a podcaster. And she's sharing today about a new book project that she has going on. I've been a fan of Sarah's for so long. This is one of those people that you have them on your podcast. And it's like a little bit of a fangirling moment. So it's like that for me. And I I just loved having this conversation. And I know you're going to enjoy all that she is sharing. She is such a light such a joy to talk to. And that comes through in everything that she shares and the way that she shares it. So I know you're going to enjoy this conversation. Take a listen. Joining me here today on the podcast is Sarah McKenzie. Sarah McKenzie is an enthusiastic reader of picture books and host of the Read Aloud Revival podcast. She lives in Eastern Washington with her husband and six kids where she homeschools, reads aloud, and tries to leave each day a little more beautiful than she found it. Related to that theme is her newest project, which is a children's picture book, A Little More Beautiful, The Story of a Garden. Sarah McKenzie, welcome to Girlfriends. I'm so glad you're here with us. Oh, Danielle, it is a joy to talk with you. Thanks so much for having me. I am thrilled to have you here. So that's a very simple bio for a very accomplished woman. (laughs) (laughs) We need to let people know a little bit more about who you are. I I don't know. uh, Maybe you could tell me, like, what is your, your number one project that people tend to know you for? I think it's teaching from rest, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it depends. Um... Read Aloud Revival tends to be the work that like gives out to a wider group of people. Mm-hmm. But teaching from rest feels like the way a lot of people, like the entryway, sort of a lot of pe- way people are, I, I first introduced people. It's so interesting. So teaching from rest was a book that I wrote um, when my 
youngest, my fifth and sixth babies are twins. They're mm -hmm. not babies anymore. They're nine, but they're, they're still babies. <laughs> I was going to ask honest. you that at some point. I need to know the ages <laughs> of your kids. I feel like, you know, you follow people online and stuff and you're like, I don't know, like that you feel like their kids are kind of frozen in time, but that's I know true. it's true. So yeah, I'll start there actually. So our oldest, my husband, Andrew and I, we've been married for 21 years. Our oldest is 20. Okay. Uh, and she just finished her sophomore year at Franciscan University in Wonderful. Steubenville. And then we have an uh, 18. She just graduated from our homeschool, a 17, a 10, and twin nines and teaching from rest I wrote when then when the twins were babies like really but and which seems a little bit yeah, crazy like, now that's like a little bit crazy like were yeah. you resting or no <laughs> I mean so that's the funny thing people go well how did you write I'm like I don't remember it's all kind of fuzzy but one one thing is I think that book I wrote for myself you know like that writing that you do because you really need it oh so every bit of mine yeah uh -huh. Yes, yes. So basically what was happening is I was homeschooling a 12, 10, 8, and 12, 10, and 8-year-old. And then we also had a 2-year-old and these baby 1-year-olds, you know. Uh, yes. So three at one point we had three babies, one and under, which is just like, yeah. <laughs> and I was really still feeling called to homeschool and really feeling like I had a clear path for what, what I was supposed to be doing. But I also felt like I was pretty much really overwhelmed and maybe ruining everything. And I had heard this phrase of like teach from a state of rest. And I thought, okay, I kept having this idea of this peace that transcends all understanding. I know we're promised it. It is not what I was experiencing at the time. Sure. So what would it look like if I was able to like really experience that peace that transcends all understanding? So mm -hmm. I just started writing to that question to, for my own self. And I was writing on a blog at the time. And then that's just sort of over time kind of became an ebook uh, mm -hmm. that then sort of took on a life of its own. Only I think it was one of those things that I was just writing exactly what I needed at the time. Like right. and so and then it just happens to and be the so same. Many others all, yeah. And it's all stuff we all know. You know, it's mm -hmm. like very it's the truth that we all know, but we forget when we're in the dailiness of living. Right. Right. And that's what was so powerful. It was a really helpful book for me. I've I actually listened to the audible version a, a few different oh. times. And oh. I just remember just listening to it. And you're right that it is sort of like stuff you already know. But we need yeah. the continual reminder of it because you get so bogged down and distracted. And whether you homeschool or not, mamas are busy and they need that reminder about what God's plan is for us. And it's not running around yeah. frazzled and feeling <laughs> yeah. depleted and burned out all the time. Like that's not yeah. his plan, but yeah. so many of us kind of do that by default. And it's like, it's you never true. pause to kind of consider it. So I, I want to thank you for, for writing that book and we'll, oh, we'll have it linked you. in the show notes for anybody who's listening and like, Oh yes, yes, yes. I need that. <laughs> I need that right now, especially as a new school year is getting started and people yeah, are, yeah. you know, whether you're homeschooling or not, it's a busy time. So yeah, definitely that book. But then tell us a little bit about um, the Read Aloud Revival. Like, how did that get started? So that's kind of fun because so b basically what has happened is a couple of years after Teaching from Rest came out, I had been reading aloud with my own kids. Like we all do like bedtime books and, sure. you know, in my homeschool, I was reading some, um, reading aloud to my kids some. But I heard a, a, con a talk by Andrew Pudua mm. from the Institute for Rock Excellence in Writing. Yes, me too. <laughs> and he was talking about how the two things we can do to help our kids become really good communicators is to read aloud a ton and help them memorize poetry. And he's just a very compelling speaker. Like I remember listening to this. It was an audio that my friend had sent me from a conference and I thought, oh, I am going to, I'm going to do this. So all the things he said would happen, you know, like the increased vocabulary, all these academic things happened. Yeah. But the thing that really lit me up about reading aloud was this, just the relationship 
bonds that happened, like the the warm, funny inside jokes that we started having, the fact that even on the days when my kids were making me bananas and I didn't really enjoy spending time with them, I did enjoy this. This was something mm-hmm. I enjoyed doing with them. And so I started reading aloud just a ton. And I got very excited about all these changes I saw in my homeschool. And so at the time, I thought, well, I was listening to podcasts and I thought I'm going to start a podcast, but I'm just going to do a couple episodes. Like it'll be like three or four episodes about how reading aloud has impacted our lives, our Mm -hmm. family's life. And I thought, well, if I was going to have anybody on the show, who would I have? I would have Andrew Pudua. But also this is Andrew Pudua, right? (laughs) (laughs) So I send this email off on a lark, which is something that I tend to do sometimes. My husband calls it impulsive. I'm pretty sure what he means is spontaneous. But I just thought, thought, we'll just see. And they wrote back right away and said, oh, yes, Andrew would love to come talk to you on your podcast, which was a little worrisome because I didn't have a podcast. (laughs) So I had to figure out a great one really quick. Uh, record something. Yeah. 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 So we, I did. And what happened is it just kind of, again, it was one of those things that I really felt like the Holy Spirit just was like, okay, we'll take this to where it needs to go because right. it sort of took on a life of its own. I think because similarly to the what, teaching from Russ, I think it is like this very, when we moms learn the incredible impact that reading aloud can have and it's free and it only takes a few minutes and it's mostly delightful, not always completely delightful. <laughs> It, it's we sort of just get really excited about it because it feels like something we can do on even mm-hmm. our hardest days. And so now that that was eight years ago, so the podcast is still going. So apparently it was longer than three or four episodes. <laughs> there was something there. <laughs> there was something there. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. now we um, we also have a, a online community where we help parents with family book clubs every month and they're like a whole family book club. So mm-hmm. uh, families will read a book together and do some fun, have conversations and do some fun experiences, like maybe a meal or something that's related to the book. And it's right. fun. What I yeah. love about it is that it's so, it's so basic, right? This, yeah. this idea yeah. of just reading aloud together. And, and I've experienced for sure what you've described as kind of a building in your relationships um, as a result of reading aloud together. That's, just, I think that's like the number one benefit is just that, that beautiful connection mm. that you can kind of grow in as a family. Yeah. Um, and, but also, the fact that this is, you know, you're kind of known as this homeschooling guru, this person, like, <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah. you're known for homeschooling, for sure. And, and so many people rightfully admire you for what you've accomplished in that area. But this is a topic that I think every family can embrace, regardless of how you educate your kids, like, we're all called to be doing this kind of thing. And, and reading aloud is such a pleasant way to be kind of raising your kids in the faith and yeah. accidentally in the faith a lot of times yeah. with the kinds of literature we might be sharing. Yeah. Um, but also just that it's very open to all kinds of families. So at, at the podcast, you're not specifically talking just to homeschoolers, right? Right. And the, one of the things that's been surprising to me about reading aloud, especially as my older kids have gotten older, is hmm. that, you know, when they're in those teen years and young adult years and you start butting heads about different things, um, one of the things that reading aloud has been as a gift to me as a mom is that it puts us immediately like on the same side of the fence again. You know, we, yeah. so you're like, you start reading and if you're reading, the only book that's popping into my mind now is The Lion, the Witch, the Wardrobe. But like you, if we yeah. are, if now we're rooting for the same characters and we're we're fearing the same villain we're holding our breath together it like immediately puts us reminds us that we're on the same team you know that we're for each other and I think that's that's the world does not want us to remember that and so I think it's Mm. that's the greatest gift and that that's something that we that we all need no matter where our kids go to school and no matter what our day-to-day life looks like that connection is it's something we all long for 
Yeah. Well, I, I definitely, I want to talk about your picture book, but something that popped into my mind as you're describing that about teenagers, I, I do have to ask, cause I know that I'm experiencing this myself right now where our last two who are home year round are teenagers. They're in their high school age. Oh, your youngest are teenagers. That's blowing yeah, my mind. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, yes. so I know my kids are frozen in time, just yes, like yours yes. are in my mind. Yes. And yet here we are. Yeah. But um, do you have any tips with regard to that? Because some teenagers might, I'm not saying mine would, but uh, balk <laughs> at the idea of like, let's sit down and read a chapter yeah. book together. Because I know when when I had a mix of ages, it was kind of no brainer because I'd be like, oh, you know, the seven-year-old's going to come and sit with me. I'm going to read aloud. And then then I'd notice the teenagers were kind of like sticking around yeah, and yeah, listening. Yeah. And, you know, so it was, it was easier then. Yeah. I'm finding that now that it's just teenagers, it's like, Okay, how am I going to present this? Yeah, and it does feel like it's something culturally that we do with young kids. We don't usually do with older kids. And so it feels mm-hmm. like, oh, mom's like, what can I sit down and read like circle time with me? You know, um, what I have <laughs> sit found, on your mat. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Um, a couple things can help. One is um, listening to audiobooks in the car. So mm. audiobooks have become really central part of our reading aloud life at my house. I think in large part because they're less work for me. <laughs> they're more yeah. enjoyable. I can fold a little laundry or work know, on a puzzle. It's like read by a, a professional. Exactly. So it's great. <laughs> and it's really, I mean, like everybody really loves hearing a story. So I love being told a story too. You know, that whole. Yeah. So but doing it in the car and even turning on an, an audiobook that you think might appeal to your older kids. So, for example, one that I listened to with my high school son this last year was the Screw Tape Letters. But if you put that on in the car and you're just like, I just want to listen to this audiobook, they're sort of a captive audience, you know, because they're there. I yes. mean, as long as they keep their earphones out, their headphones out or whatever, I guess. Yep. Um, there's like a whole bunch of challenges that we have now that we didn't used to have to think about. Um, <laughs> so true. It is really true. Yeah. <laughs> So like doing it kind of on the slide, like kind of getting in through the side door that and that we can do that by doing it in the car, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other piece, I think sometimes when we're trying to decide on what to read, we're thinking of like, what's the best book? Like we're only going to read a few books with aloud with our older kids and teens. It's like, what's the best book and or what's a classic book or something. And I also just think it can be really useful just to read something just for the fun of it, like something that you just Mm -hmm like just really enjoyed even like letting your like teenager letting them choose what are you going to listen to and I'm not a huge fantasy fan but if my high schooler wants to listen to the Lord of the Rings with me like I might need to have something to do while I listen to that that's really long and wow but like (laughs) some of those descriptive oh my gosh about the scenery I'm like okay we got it like if you're reading the book in a page you can be like skip that paragraph and that paragraph those four pages (laughs) when is something gonna happen (laughs) oh that's so funny (laughs) yeah yeah but that's a great tip I I love that idea of kind and, and I find that oftentimes with teenagers, that's it's all about being a little bit sly, a little bit indirect about how you're kind of presenting. Yes, things. yes, it's, it's true. The car is important with teenagers because, like, you can have some hard conversations without looking at them in the eye. You can mm-hmm. have, I mean, so I, I sort of think that now that you say that, I feel like the car ends up being where I think a lot of strategizing and parenting comes with teenagers. A hundred percent. I agree. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I actually abused that opportunity with my oldest when I realized that it was so great for these conversations. And I remember one time I went to like go run errands and I was like, you want to come with me? And she was like, uh, is anyone else going? Like she wasn't in the mood for like 
Yes. A difficult conversation. <laughs> Is it just going to be you and me? Because yeah. I'm pretty sure something's going to come up. Yeah. yeah. Am I going to be trapped in the car with you? Because I don't want that. Oh, that's really funny. Oh, my funny. gosh. Yeah. yeah. So a word of caution. Be careful in using this as a special superpower that we have as parents. <laughs> All right. But Sarah, I, we got to talk about your, your new project, A Little More Beautiful, which is this gorgeous, inspiring, lovely, uh, adorable oh. children's picture book. Can you tell me, how did this project come about and what are your goals for it? Oh, man. So I have wanted to write for children forever. And you in, in in some ways, you think that like writing for children will be easier because it's shorter, you know, but mm. I feel like the books that our kids read are so formative The usually when I'm asking adults, you know, what book had the biggest impact on you? Like, what's your favorite book? I have found that almost always they will list a book from their childhood that they read from their childhood. Oh, yeah. And I think they like they hit us in a different way. So I also felt this big sense of responsibility. Anyway, I have been writing for years for children, but none of it has been terribly good. And, <laughs> and it's just I've just been like <laughs> working on it over time. Yep. Um, at Read Aloud Revival, though, one of the things that we do is we make these book lists and give recommendations. And we have just noticed that the books that are coming out today through publishers are not Oh, always aligned with the kind of books that families are looking for that want to put in the sure. hands of their kids. Like those timeless kind of books that, you know, if you think about like Make Way for Ducklings or something by Robert McCloskey, that's a book right. that our parents read to us that we can read, that our, we'll probably read to our grandchildren and our grandchildren will read to their grandchildren. It's a timeless, like good story. And right now, a lot of the things that are coming out of publishing are speaking to this particular moment. I think in many cases, we've, as a as a culture, I guess, forgotten what stories are for, not necessarily as like a way to get our kids to align with our political or religious right. beliefs, but also just to mm -hmm. expand the imagination. One of the things you said earlier, Daniel, we were talking about, you said something about reading aloud being something that we can do like, and it feeds our kids indirectly. I can't remember how you mm -hmm. worded it. Right, right. Um, so one of the things, if going back to Andrew Putua, I just heard him say this at a conference. He was talking about how a home library is like an invitation for the Holy Spirit to meet our children. And wow. he started talking about how you can't predict what a book, like what the impact a book will have on your kids. Or, you know, like when we're reading too, let's go back to the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. My 18-year-old and my 9-year-old and I all might be having a slightly different experience. And mm -hmm. the fact that like we don't necessarily control exactly what touches them or what fuels their imagination or what inspires them as they're reading is part of the gift of what reading does. So mm -hmm. like fast forwarding that to what we're seeing coming off publisher shelves and what we hear from Read Aloud Revival families that they really want, um, we just decided we would start trying to make our own. And I should say that made that kind of fast forwards a lot of of <laughs> in between years where sure. I was trying to take these books and find a place for them in the mainstream New York um, publishing world. And they're mm -hmm. just not, I mean, it kind of confirmed everything I had suspected, which is just, this wasn't the kind of book, like a, um, a timeless classic story is not the kind of book that they're looking for. So it's mm -hmm. been an interesting journey because I feel like just like when I became a parent and just like when I started the podcast and just like when I wrote Teaching from Res, it's like, oh, let's jump into something else I have no idea how to do and figure out mm -hmm. figure it out along the way. But this book in particular is um, has been a really, it's been a joy to work on. The illustrator is just this lovely young woman who has such a heart for inspiring the imagination 
of kids and helping them see like the beauty of God's world in her art and helping them. Right. I can, I can attest to that. The, the illustrations are gorgeous. Oh, yeah. didn't she just do an amazing job? So yeah, yeah. so we're very excited. Really so really the, what we've decided to do is create a publishing house. We're calling it Waxwing Books. And it's really the publishing house of Read Aloud Revival. And this is the very first book. We have four right now that are in various stages of getting ready. This is the first one that's ready. And I'm just really excited to see what happens with this and, and, I love it. Yeah. I love it. And mm-hmm. I love the feeling behind it because I've experienced the same thing where I, you know, like many moms, I, I'm, I've am i always been, you know, a little bit snobby about what books I will read aloud to my kids. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It needs to be a good experience. And so those kind of preachy books and, yeah. or the ones with like modern looking, not appealing illustrations. Like the giant head like, cartoony kind yes. of, I don't know what the deal is. I'm not There's sure. There's nothing beautiful or inspiring about that. That's not what I want to be looking at. That's not it's what so, I want my young child to look it, at. It, doesn't it feel like when I look at a book like that or one of those books that just feels very commercialized, I guess, mm-hmm. it feels to me like the book is either made by or f- like not for actual children. Like like the ho- whole idea of respect. Like, this respect for like a child is an image of God. I don't know. Right. I feel like we should be working on making sure that our books for our kids are better than any other reading that they do because their yeah. hearts are so, they're being so formed and they're malleable mm-hmm. and they're, and, and it feels so, I don't know. It feels sort of like an echo of what the culture thinks about children when you see the books that are just sort of tossed together and they're ugly and they're trite and they're preachy on one level or another. Um, just trying right. to, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the story that you share yeah. in a little more beautiful. I, I was reading the description and it, it, it mentioned Miss Rumpheus, which is a family favorite here. Oh my gosh. Yes. And, and many people listening, I'm sure are familiar with that book. And um, so tell us a little bit about the theme and, and how you decided upon that. Okay. So this is kind of fun. I was actually having a breakfast with Jeannie Birdsall. I don't know if you're familiar with the book, The Penderwicks, but she wrote The Penderwicks. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. So I'm having breakfast with her out in Northampton and she, we had this great time talking. And then she said, Hey, do you want to come out to our, to my house and see my garden? And so, uh, yes, of course I do. So we walk (laughs) through the town and as we're walking toward her house, she points at this government building and says, see that lovely garden there on the side of the building. That wasn't always like that. I, it used to be really ugly. And I walked by it every day and decided that should be more beautiful than it is. And Mm -hmm. so she started planting this garden on the sly. Now, in my memory, she told me that she asked if they if she could plant there. They said no, you cannot. And so she did it under the cover of darkness. Anyway, apparently I made all of that up because when I checked it with her recently, she said no, none of that actually happened. So apparently oh, I my like imagine- the idea of a renegade gardener. I think that's great. Uh, I'm going with that story myself. Yeah, right. So that's basically the story of a little more beautiful. We have this this old woman, Lou Alice, who makes mm-hmm. the world more beautiful. She she asks at the town hall if she can plant a garden there, and they say no. Uh, and so she does this all on the sly. What I love about Lou Alice is that she's this woman who makes the world more beautiful for everyone else, even though no one notices, even though she's not getting accolades or praise for it, which I think really does speak to a lot of the, the little tiny things we do with great love, especially in our homes and in our families at, mm-hmm. and with the people that we love as women, like this, this outpouring of love that doesn't get rewarded by the culture. It doesn't get like, this is not, you know, tending to people, loving people is not something that the world rewards us for. Mm -hmm. The Luellas does this anyway. And then, um, and then one day she's moved from her little house in town to a new home, which is a nursing home. And nobody Mm -hmm. really notices that she's gone because she's been doing this all without, you know, 
praise and without being asked. And the only person who notices is a little girl who realizes that the world is not well off now that Lou Alice is gone. She needs to take up the work of this old woman. So she starts doing the things that Lou Alice had done. And yet she still feels like something is, she still has to bring something else. She has to do something of her own. And this to me feels like there's a spread in the book. The way Breezy captured this in her illustration just took my breath away the first time I saw it. Because this feels to me like that moment. It's not really a moment. That feeling that we all have that like, yes, we have these traditions and these beautiful, wonderful work of those who've gone before that is so important for us to carry forward. And also we were put here with a purpose and there is something that we are here to do today. Like not necessarily on some grand scale, but like today there is somebody to love and some person to serve that is our work to do. And so for you have this little girl going, I just know there's something else that only I can do. And so I won't spoil the ending. No spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> Picture book spoilers are too funny for me, but I mean, it doesn't take very really long to get there. They're real. They're real. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that is so great. I, I, and I love, and I love um, the, you know, you describe the illustrations in that way because, you know, when I, when I read a really good you know, children's storybook, and it's got these beautiful illustrations. What what I always want to do, and I haven't done this in my own kids' rooms. Now they're now I'm gonna have to do it with grandkids. But they're you know just I, I want to take those images and I want to frame them, oh, like put yeah. them in their yes. in their bedrooms. Yes, yes. Especially if they become stories that you read over and over again. They're part of your family's culture. Yeah. What a beautiful gift that is. What a beautiful way of keeping storybooks and keeping those those beautiful, inspiring, encouraging stories alive in our kids' hearts and minds. Mm. Well, it's so so. It was fun to see Breezy's illustrations come to life too, because, like you said, I was really impacted by Miss Rumpheus by Barbara Cooney. You can see echoes mm -hmm. of it all throughout the text, even in the words, some of the word choices I use. And then to see Breezy's illustrations really echo that book as well. It yeah. sort of feels like a way that we are trying to be the little girl, like carrying on the work yeah. of the person of the. Um, the artist who's come before That's actually had really thought of, of it before it. I just said that just now. It's funny how you asking questions like brings things See? to mind. Yeah. See what happens here on Girlfriends? That's right. The Holy Spirit is alive and well. I love it. Oh, oh that's beautiful. And and I love that, you know, the fact that you're describing this, you know, presenting this story. So going back to that idea of, you know, not wanting a book to be overly preachy or like rubber stamped, this is a Christian book kind of thing. Um, I, I think you're right. It is really respectful of the child. And I think that's what's, you know, good storybooks are mm. in the same way that, you know, we, rather than feeding your kid, you know, jarred baby food, not that there's anything wrong with it, mm -hmm. that, you know, some people, their philosophy is more like, well, I'm going to prepare a little bit of what we're having and, yeah. you know, and just chop it up real small so that he can be having it. Like starting your children with real food. I think yeah. there's a comparison there with starting your children with just these stories that don't have to be dumbed down or, or, you know, written differently, you know, because it's for a child. Um, but presenting them with real stories that are, you know, about truth and beauty, those things are naturally attractive and your yeah. kid's soul is ready to take it in. So yeah. I love that you're respectful of that in this storybook and thrilled to see what you're doing with your new publishing house. I think. Oh, thank you. Oh, what what a gift this is going to be to the world at large. Oh, thank you so much. I'm very excited to see what God does with it. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before we have to go, we you have to tell us, where can we get more information about this? I know you had a Kickstarter campaign to get it started early on, which you more than met your goal real quick. <laughs> so you know exciting. there's a need for this. 
<laughs> yeah, that was fun because we have been working on this for years. Um, I mean, I think, well, I know. <laughs> I don't think. I know that I wrote the book over four years ago, and then we spent about two years once we decided to make it ourselves, trying to learn all the different pieces. So then to put it out into the world and see so many people get right behind it and say, yes, this is what we want. That was very right. like exciting for us. A little more beautiful.com. That's the best place to go to find out where okay. you can get a copy of the book and... Okay, yeah. great. A little more beautiful.com. And then for Read Aloud Revival, where can people go for that podcast and all of that? Yeah, just wherever you listen to Girlfriends, search for Read Aloud Revival and you'll find it. Yeah. Excellent. Oh, Sarah McKenzie, you are such a gift. I could talk to you for a week and you are just a joy to connect with. Thank you so much for sharing your life the way that you have through these years and sharing your homeschooling and your, your family culture. It's been such a gift for me personally, and I know for many others. And thanks for coming on Girlfriends to share oh, about gosh. it. Oh, gosh. I've been following your work for years, like I told you uh, before we started. And it is just a complete joy to come and get to chat with you face to face. So thanks for having me. Amen. Thank you so much. All right. We've got more of the show coming up for you. But first, we're going to take a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you are listening to the Girlfriends Podcast. Hello, my name is Father Gregory Pine, and I'll be one of your hosts for a new podcast with Ascension called Catholic Classics. Each day, we'll read a section from a spiritual classic and then provide some commentary to help you grow in your life of faith, to help you grow in your life of prayer. For our first season, we'll be reading the introduction to the devout life by St. Francis de Sales. You can find your reading plan at ascensionpress.com slash catholicclassics. Welcome back. If you want to be sure to get all of the links to all of the good stuff that Sarah McKenzie has going on, make sure that you are subscribed to the Girlfriends podcast show notes by texting the word girlfriends to 33777. We're at the point in the show where I like to share a little bit of listener feedback or a question that a listener sends to me. And um, this week, I actually heard from uh, listener Heather, and I'm not going to share all, she sent me a very long email. So I want to thank you, first of all, for that, Heather. Um, but uh, so I'm not going to share all of the details of that. But Heather was in the most kind and gentle and sweet manner, sharing with me that she took offense to something I said in, in a podcast episode, which actually was a very long ago one. <laughs> She's one of those people that like has been listening to some of the really older episodes of Girlfriends and going through them that way. So she was referencing an older episode. And I'm not even going to share like what she was upset about or, you know, any of that. I just thought this is a good opportunity for me to say, first of all, Heather, I am sorry that my, my words came across as insensitive to you. And I am, am sorry for offending you in that way, especially given your personal situation that's related to the topic that I was referencing. And I, I thought this is a good opportunity for me to say that I fully acknowledge that I don't say everything perfectly. And I am a flawed and a weak human being. And I mess up in the way that I express things, even though, you know, communicating is, is part of what I do for work in multiple different ways. But that doesn't mean that I always do it perfectly. And I'm under no illusion that I always get it right. Um, there have been many times where people will point out something that they were offended by and it doesn't make sense to me. Like, I don't, I like, that isn't what I meant. That isn't the way I meant it, whatever. But still, 
that it's always an important lesson for me, even in those moments where I'm like, well, I probably would say that again. Like people aren't always going to understand me the way that I'm wanting to be understood. And then sometimes I'm going to be just either ignorant in the way that I'm sharing, or I'm going to say something in, in just the wrong way without realizing it, or sometimes even just have a faulty understanding of something. And that gets indicated through the way that I share about something. And so this doesn't happen a lot. I know a lot of people, that are, are podcasters or on YouTube, they'll get a lot of hate from people. I, I don't tend to. So I'm grateful for that. I know when my daughter Juliet was on, she was talking about the haters that she was reading somewhere. But um, generally speaking, I, I don't. And, and Heather, for sure, is not a hater. She was just, she was very, very kind and very generous in, in what she was sharing with me. And it's actually really just a helpful thing for me to remember, to be careful about how I approach certain topics sometimes. And that sometimes someone's going to have an experience that I have not had with regard to a certain topic that I'm talking about. And so they will sometimes hear something that I'm saying in completely the wrong way, or they're very sensitive to something that I'm not necessarily sensitive to. And that's nobody's fault on either end. It's just, it just is. And so I think moments like this are helpful for, for me um, as a podcaster, for sure, to maybe be more cautious about how I share, but also to recognize that I'm not always going to get it right. And I'm, I'm grateful to you, my, my, my dear listener, for putting up with me for the ways that I fall short sometimes um, and for being, being generous in, in the ways that you'll communicate to me if you disagree with something or if something is, is hurtful or, or if I omit something that's really important. I really appreciate you know, all of your feedback, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I, I want it and I, I'm grateful for it. So thank you very much, Heather, for your very heartfelt and personal email. I, I'm not going to thank you for binge listening to girlfriends because you all know I, I don't like it when I hear that people are binge listening because it kind of makes me cringe. But I know that the, I, I listen to podcasts that way. And, and it's just a stupid personal thing. <laughs> of course, I love it when you're listening to the old episodes of Girlfriends and when you're getting caught up. But I love that the Holy Spirit can work that way. You know, through a podcast that I recorded, you know, a long time ago, well, there's the, there's the potential for, for me to reach somebody through something that I've long forgotten that I ever even shared. And and sometimes I'm surprised, like I'll, I'll go and I'll, I'll be speaking somewhere maybe and someone will come up and introduce themselves after and they're, they're a listener to the podcast and, and I'll be surprised by something they know about me. And I forgot that I, you know, I shared that particular detail or thing on the podcast. For sure, I don't share everything here, but I do share a lot. And, and I hope that what I'm sharing is always going to be authentic. And, and I pray that you'll receive it in the spirit with which I'm sharing it, that I want to be a source of encouragement and affirmation for you. I want to be a source of practical support for you in your faith and family life. And I fully recognize that I'm not always going to get it right. So thank you for your patience with me while sometimes I misstep or misspeak. And I, I'm just grateful for um, your honesty with me. So thank you very much for that, Heather. Now, before we have to go, I want to remind you that if you'd like to go further with the content we're sharing here at Girlfriends, if you want to go further in connecting with me and be able to have interactions with me where we can have real conversations uh, through live video chats, that's just one of the many aspects of my online community, which is very much based on what we're doing here at the podcast. It's called Girlfriends Community, and you can find all the information about it over at Girlfriends Community community.com. It's women who are coming together specifically for the purpose of encouraging and 
supporting one another in our Catholic faith and even in in fun ways and in little ways and um, sharing about parenting, about marriage, about homemaking, about wellness, ongoing conversations about all of these things. It's, it's really a joy to me to be able to have this community where not only I get to interact with you, but you get to interact with each other. I, I think that's the greatest gift that I can give you as a girlfriend's listener is access to one another because you're awesome. And I love that we have the opportunity to get to know each other in this way. Again, you can get all the information about that over at girlfriendscommunity.com. I would love it if you would join us. And that's all the time that we have for today. But I want to thank you for being here today. I want to thank Sarah McKenzie for being part of today's show. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between daniellebean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 